0: It's the Save Democracy podcast, I'm Steve Goldstein. Voter turnout is a topic that's led to considerable hand-wringing over the decades. What would get more voters to take part? Is it making them feel like their choice really matters, or does there have to be a candidate they find inspiring, or one that stirs fear, and they need to vote against that candidate rather than for his or her opponent? November turnout is already relatively low, but it's a crowded bonanza compared to a summer or fall primary. The Bipartisan Policy Center published a report earlier this month with the tiny turnout numbers for primaries and explores what actually could bring up those figures, including opening up primaries and potentially creating a universal national primary day in the same vein of November's election day. The report's called 2022 primary turnout trends and lessons for boosting participation, Michael Thorning of the Bipartisan Policy Center led the report. Here's our conversation, starting with the turnout numbers.
1: Well, you know, at least compared to midterm years, non-presidential years, we know primary turnout is up. Uh, It's actually increased uh, since 2010 um, pretty consistently. So we know that uh, turnout this last year on average was 21% up uh, from previous years we had Um, 18% in 2010, 14% in 2014. And then we started to see things going up 19, about 20% in 2018. So um, we know on that trend, that's going up. Now it does fall far below what we'd expect to see in a presidential year, because those contests often draw much more attention to the races that are happening, both media attention and uh, voter attention. And so Um, that's part of the reason, um, the new report that we put out looks specifically at, at midterm primaries, because we think that just gives you a better look at what people's participation is in these non-presidential years where you have all of this flash and pomp and circumstance. Mm -hmm.
0: The states that saw a, a pretty good percentage as far as primary turnout and those that didn't, how stark were the differences? Are we talking 20 percentage point difference, for example?
1: Uh, We are in some cases, yes. So, you know, we could take uh, this year a a bit of an outlier for the state, but uh, Kansas with 48% turnout. Now, a lot of that was probably due to a very uh, controversial uh, ballot initiative that dealt with abortion rights in that state. But, um, you know, they were at 48% turnout. Um, Some states were were below 10% turnout. We had Virginia at 3%. New York at three percent, Connecticut at eight percent. So um, even more than a twenty point spread when comparing, you know, the lowest um, and the highest. In fact, um, you know, if we compare the top five with the bottom five, um, the fifth highest was Oregon, thirty five percent. The you know highest among the bottom five was Mississippi at twelve. So even that mm-hmm. one is is a twenty three percent difference there. So you know, it, it can really vary a lot. And as our report uh, looks at there, we think there are different reasons that happens in different places. Um, and obviously with the average being at about uh, 21, uh, almost 22% compared with some states that are in the, the 30 and 40 range. So many races, important races, congressional,
0: state legislative races, are essentially decided in the primary. It's over 80% in a lot of cases. Is it possible voters just aren't aware of this? Because one would think that turnout would rise if people knew that, well, if I skip the primary, then my general election vote really isn't going to mean a whole lot necessarily.
1: I think that's exactly right. Unfortunately, voters are under the misimpression that their vote is most consequential in the general election, whereas in very many places, their vote might, might be most consequential in the primary. As you said, we have a, a very high number of safe seats. That number seems to increase almost um, every cycle or at least every 10 years when we do redistricting. Uh, some of that also is, is due to some natural self-sorting that we know happens. But You know, voters are under the impression that that November is the time when their vote counts the most, Uh, but they may live in a congressional district or even a state legislative district where because of these trends, the winner of the primary is the foregone winner of the general election. And if voters understood that better, I think they might see that they'd rather vote whenever their state holds their primary versus in November now one of the challenges just think about what we're talking about here everyone knows when the general election is it's always in november when it comes to primaries these dates um, vary by state and they may change by year some states have their primaries on one date during a presidential election year and a different primary date um, on midterm years and so um, it's an inconsistent system insofar as uh, voters are concerned for having to remember when to actually show up at the polls.
0: Whether or not that's feasible, is that something that could potentially make a difference that everyone is sort of focused on August 30th, for example, or the third Thursday in August or something like that? Is that something that could potentially make a difference, at least in terms of awareness and turnout?
1: I think absolutely it would. You know, in 2022 alone, states held primary elections anywhere between March and September. And uh, there were, in fact, 19 different days on which primary elections were held in 2022. Um, You know, like I said, everyone knows when when to vote in November. They know it's going to be an early Tuesday if they don't know the exact date. But um, our research showed that when states, um, you know, have their primaries close to a a neighboring state or a regional state, um, you know, they could boost their turnout as much as two percentage points. Um, And so, uh, you know, we think that's that's worthy to consider. And people might ask why that's happening. Well, for one, some states have shared media markets and um, that might help to consolidate media attention. But also I think mostly for the voters, um, if everyone in America knew, like you said, that the primary date was something like July 15th or August 1st, It might be a lot easier for people to know when to show up in these very consequential races and like i said our evidence suggests that um, when states at least are bunched up when they're they're close to a neighboring state and there's kind of that um concoction of press attention and and maybe voter awareness then we do see that boost
0: let's talk a bit about some of the reforms that the bipartisan policy center looked at Uh, Here in Arizona, we have a semi-open primary system, I guess I'd call it. Independents are allowed to uh, get either a Republican or Democratic ballot, but it's not truly open in the sense that they're still run by the parties, each of the primaries, at least as far as the major party uh, candidates are concerned, Republican and Democratic parties. So from a general standpoint, though, when you look at states that do have open primaries versus those who don't, what sort of reform difference could that make? If more states did adopt some sort of open primary system?
1: Well, we know that open primary systems generally outperform the closed primary systems. And that probably shouldn't surprise anyone. You know, a system where even in Arizona, independents can choose which party's primary to vote in, for instance, Um, in that case, you know, it just opens up the total number of voters who are eligible. So we'd expect that to be. At a higher level of participation than a strictly closed primary where only party members can vote in their party's primary Um, however you know we do start to see some greater gains in terms of turnout uh, when you move to systems like top two um, and top four and so just briefly those are systems where candidates compete in a primary a certain number of candidates uh, proceed to the general election from that. Um, it's a nonpartisan primary. All the candidates participate in that no matter what their party is. And then um, the top two, or in the case of Alaska, the top four candidates advance to the general election. And then those are the candidates people are deciding on in November. Um, we find generally that they have um, much higher turnout, um, top two um primary states have turned out above 25%. And um, Alaska this last year had, uh, you know, with their top four primary system, turnout above 35%. And so, you know, those um, exceed benchmarks that we have set at the bipartisan policy center.
0: This is not meant to be a loaded question, though. It may sound that way. Why is voter turnout so important to a society like this? And Is it even more important as we see things becoming even more hyperpartisan?
1: The trends for voter turnout, both in general elections and in primaries, are generally up. And I think more people are participating because the stakes have increased, but our participation is still pretty low compared with the rest of the world. Uh, But, you know, another point on the, the question of primaries also is that the United States is an outlier. I don't think a lot of people know this. We turn our primaries, the the process of selecting the candidates who will compete, we turn that process over more to the democratic process, more than any other country in the world, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody has as many of these elections as we do. In most countries, even advanced democracies in Europe, they have party bosses and and party committees selecting their candidates. So our turnout may be low in that sense and, and compared with itself. But when compared to the fact that in many countries, average voters don't have an opportunity to weigh in, I think we're doing pretty well. But at the end of the day, voter turnout, whether it's in a primary or general election, is important because I think as we've all learned in recent years, if we didn't know before, the people we elect have a great impact on how our country is governed, how it responds to emergencies and the path that it's setting us on uh, for the future. And as we've heard invoked many times, whether it's by Republicans or Democrats, when they um, take power, uh, elections have consequences. And so do the choices that voters make in those elections.
0: That's Michael Thorning of the Bipartisan Policy Center talking about the work he's done looking at increasing voter turnout in primaries. That's all for this edition of the Save Democracy podcast, music provided by Epidemic Sound. To learn more about the movement to reform elections in Arizona, go to the website, savedemocracyaz.com. That's savedemocracyaz.com. I'm Steve Goldstein. Thanks for listening.